founder worth $4.6 billion and more coming up on today's episode of Delays in Tech News. Hey Gadget here, you're just in time for the latest episode of the world's fastest growing show on tech and gadget news. That's right, this is Delays in Tech News. My name is Taylor Merrick and I got a good lineup of articles for you guys today. Hope your morning is off to a good start. If you're tuning in in the morning or your day is going well, whenever and wherever you may be tuning in from. Thank you to those, especially in Singapore, tuning in, especially this month. You guys, man, you must be getting your tech news early in the morning or right in the evening before you go to bed or something. But you guys are um, the number one country this month in downloads. So keep it up. Today, we'll be taking a look at Roblox founder worth 4.6 billion as uh well their ipo was yesterday and we just have to cover that a little bit it's it's reminiscent of the times. so we'll be taking a look at smart speakers may soon be able to monitor your heartbeat audio cassette tape inventor lou ottens dies at 80 or 94 rather 84 94 what am i doing at a decade We'll also be taking a look at Facebook targets emerging markets with the launch of Instagram Lite. And finally, we'll be taking a look at Apple announcing Find X3 Pro, uh, which comes with a microscope camera. With that out of the way, let's head on over to today's feature story. Okay, today's feature story is, uh, comes to us from the BBC. Roblox, David Bazuki is now worth... billion as shares soar. You see, uh, chief executive of Roblox may well be letting out the oof sound made famous by the game after the firm's debut on Wall Street netted him 4.6 billion US dollars. The gaming platform has risen in value by 60% to 47 billion after its first day of trading on a New York stock exchange. It means it is worth more than some of the biggest game publishers, including Take-Two, Ubisoft, and Electronic Arts. Mr. Bazuki said it would help create a digital world that went beyond gaming. To all those who helped us get one step closer to fulfilling our vision of the metaverse, thank you, he tweeted. The metaverse is a science fiction concept for a series of interconnected digital worlds where people hang out, play games, work, and learn. The phrase was coined in a novel, Snow Crash, where it served as a virtual reality successor to the internet. The novel Ready Player One and its 2018 film adaptation depicted a similar idea in its oasis, and several games have attempted to create virtual worlds for real-world activities. Roblox is the world's largest user-generated game site. Players can also build and share online worlds. It is free-to-play, relying on purchases paid for in currency known as Robux for its income. Developers are also paid in a virtual currency, which can be converted back into cash. Last year, more than 1,200 developers made 10000 or more, with 300 making more than $100,000. And uh, I just want to cover this article and this news to say, Notch, Minecraft, this is what you guys could have done. You see, when Minecraft was back in its heyday and doing very well for itself, there was a little upstart called Roblox. Similar in a lot of aspects, different in some others, but, uh, you know, generally they shared a lot of similarities. But then Notch, being the clown that he is, sold out to Microsoft Bought his own little private island. Sorry, I have to do this rant, guys. You won't understand it fully until I 
explain it. Bought his own little private island or did whatever he did and fell off the face of the earth. Good for him. Microsoft then went and said, oh, Minecraft, we have the best, most popular game. Should have bought Epic Games and uh, Fortnite. Anyways, it's neither here nor there. Uh, Then goes and proceeds to run Minecraft into the ground. The community responsible for making it a success as a whole by that time had left, myself included. You want to know where they all went? Roblox. Yep, that's where they went. Roblox, and then the kids who kind of were getting bored of Minecraft slash Roblox and wanted to like do a first-person shooter, they went over to Fortnite. And then a little bit of the older age demographic went over to Call of Duty Warzone. So in case you're wondering how that split kind of occurred uh, over the last couple of years or so, that's exactly what happened. And, uh, well, now you hear from me because, well, now you know the reason why I kind of dumped on Minecraft as much as I did is because it could have been Roblox and a $47 billion launch as an IPO. Just saying. Just saying. The pandemic lockdowns made 2020 a huge year for the firm as children cut off physically from their friends flocked to Roblox for social interaction instead. And that also helped as well. As well as a huge variety of games to play, visitors can also attend concerts, birthday parties, other events, meaning the average user spends more than two hours per day on the platform. User numbers jumped 85% over the past year and now stand at 37 million globally. Most are children aged 12 or under. 2020, the firm generated close to 1.2 billion. You hear that? Billion from the Apple App Store and the Android's Google Play Store. Notch, Minecraft, you suckers sold out. And I should know, I had a server community. I was doing quite well on Minecraft, and then you guys went and did that. Well, that's what you lost out on. And uh, good for you, Roblox. Maybe I'll be taking a look at you guys once again, um, now that you kind of are in, in your heyday and enjoying everything, the fruits of your labor um, and such. So in case you hadn't, now you know. And uh, the article does go on a little bit. Um, See, he did say that there are challenges ahead. This new injection of funds is a bet from investors on bringing us a step closer to the metaverse, like that depicted in Ready Player One. So there you go. And uh, let's head on over to the next article. All right. If guys are wondering, hey, uh, do you have that giveaway still going on? Yep, certainly do. Details for that are in the show notes for this episode, or you can head on over to technewsgadget.net to get the details. You can enter to win a $50 Amazon gift card. The giveaway ends on March 15th, and on that date, a winner will be selected, and the prize will be handed out. Heading on over to our article for today, researchers develop a system for smart speakers like Amazon Echo to monitor heartbeats. You might soon have a new use for your Amazon Echo, Google Home, or other smart speaker checking your heart for regular rhythms. Yeah, kind of interesting, kind of creepy, kind of cool. I don't know. It's weird. Anyways, researchers at the University of Washington have developed an artificial intelligence system using smart speakers to monitor your heartbeat without requiring physical contact. The findings are published in a peer-reviewed journal, Communications Biology. The study had people sit one to two feet from a smart speaker 
which starts playing an inaudible continuous sound. The sound then bounces off the person and back to the speaker, where the AI system is able to detect individual heartbeats. In effect, the speaker becomes a short-range active sonar system, the report says. Kind of interesting. The algorithm used by the smart speaker combines signals from the microphones to find the heartbeat, similarly to how speakers are able to find your voice if you're in a crowded room, researchers say. When I say, hey, Alexa, the microphones are working together to find me in a room and listen to what I say next, said Sham Galakta. Uh, and I probably murdered the last name. I could, it, names are difficult for me in general. A co-senior author of the study and associate professor in the university's Paul G. Allen School of Computer Science and Engineering. Unless it's like a really generic name, um, then I'm usually fine with that in a statement. That's basically what's happening here, but with the heartbeat. In tests, the speaker was able to detect heartbeats closely matching standard heartbeat monitors in both healthy and hospitalized cardiac patients, the study found. So it's kind of interesting. The availability of a low-cost test that can be performed frequently and at the convenience of home can be a game-changer for certain patients in terms of early diagnosis and management. And that part I get, like, I I understand the uh, implications and the importance of that, Um and, and so in case you're disturbed of saying, well, if I'm somewhere in the room and it's just tracking me via heartbeat, that's kind of that's kind of weird. That's kind of disturbing. Yeah, it, I think they understand the privacy in it. Hopefully they do. Um, why would you want like that's medical information? But I again, medical information for the medical uh, individuals and professionals who need to know this for the medical patients who need to um, and having it at a, a, a low cost and easily accessible might be very beneficial. Just don't, you know, go crazy with it. That's all I'm saying. All right, moving on to our next article, which comes to us from the BBC. Um, I had to cover this one today. Uh, Audio cassette tape inventor Lou Ottens dies aged 94. Um, And for those of you wondering, what is an audio cassette? Google it. Um, If you know what uh, uh, an audio cassette is, there you go. Um, an estimated 100 billion cassette tapes have been sold around the world since they were introduced in the 1960s. Otten's invention transformed the way people listen to music, and there has been a resurgence of the cassette in recent years, along with the Walkman. The engineer died in his hometown of Duzel last weekend, his family announced on Tuesday. Ottens became head of Philips' product development department in 1960, where he and his team developed the cassette tape. In 1963, it was presented at the Berlin Radio Electronics Fair and soon became a worldwide success. Ottens struck a deal with Philips and Sony that saw his model confirmed as a patented cassette after a number of Japanese companies reproduced similar tapes in a number of sizes. On the 50th anniversary of its creation, he told Time magazine that it was a sensation from day one. Ottens was also involved in the development of the compact disc, and more than 200 billion of those have been sold worldwide to date. In 1982, when Philip showed off a production CD player, Ottens said, from now on, the conventional record player is obsolete. He retired four years later. When asked about his career, he said his biggest regret was that Sony, and not Philips, had created the iconic cassette tape player, the Walkman. Cassette tapes have experienced an unlikely surge in popularity in recent years. A number of artists, including Lady Gaga and the Killers, have released their music on them. And according to the official charts company in the UK, the cassette sales in the first half of 2020 increased by 103% compared to the same time period the previous year. 
and in the U.S., according to Nielsen Music, sales of cassette tapes grew by 23% in 2018 when compared with the previous year. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Cassette tapes and and records are kind of making their own little resurgence um, in terms of physical media uh, for music. But, uh, yeah, some, some of the sounds you can only get from, like, a cassette tape and from a record player. But, yeah, Lou Atten's rest in peace and thank you for your contribution to really the world because we would have never had the cassette never known what it was so in case you didn't know now you know all right moving on if you guys are wondering hey um can i get to show notes for this episode yep technewsgadget.net is where you can find all the show notes for all of the episodes. Or if you're listening in a podcast player of your choice right now, uh, if you're on an Apple podcast, you have to simply swipe up and you'll get all the show notes you want. Tap on the articles you like to read more. And uh, if you're listening on uh, an Android, I think you can just click more details or, or however you get that. But uh, make sure that you are following and subscribe to the show so that way you get the latest news in your app right when you boot it up. Facebook is targeting emerging markets with the launch of Instagram Lite, an Android app that takes up just two megabytes in 170 countries. And I kind of had to cover this briefly because this is kind of uh, important. Growth for Facebook is coming from the developing world, and so the social network today made another key move to cater better to consumers in those countries. After nearly three years in the planning, Facebook is taking the plunge today and officially launching Instagram Lite, a less data and storage-intensive Android-only version of its popular photo and video app. It will take up just two megabytes on a phone, and it's going live in 170 countries with a focus on emerging markets today. Well, as of this article, as of this recording yesterday... Instagram Lite is launching with all the basic bells and whistles around editing, sharing, and viewing photos and videos, as well as the ability to add stickers, create and view stories, IGTV, and the Explore Discovery and Recommendation algorithms. And given a launch across 170 countries, it's coming with specific language support to be usable in those markets. But to whittle down the experience from the 30 megabyte that full the full Instagram takes upon iOS and Android devices and countless megabytes of mobile data usage, it's launching without some things as well. Namely, developers have left out many graphics, they haven't included advertising, and it's missing some key features like the ability to make TikTok-ish type reels, but you can still view them, dark mode, shopping, and end-to-end encryption. Notably, encryption was reportedly being worked on for the main app in 2019, still yet to launch. Nor are there iOS or feature phone versions of the app in the works. So they're kind of leaving it light right now and uh some things might be added in future updates so it's kind of a good thing um kind of interesting so we'll see how it goes it's going to be interesting the the uh, growth in developing markets so hopefully that goes well for them and starting off on the light end of things and then scaling up as it goes will definitely um be beneficial as it were All right, on to our last article today. We got some gadget news for you guys. Apple is announcing the Find X3 Pro with, get this, a microscope camera and one billion colors. What do you mean? Well, after a drawn-out series of leaks and teases, Apple has announced its 2021 flagship in full. The Find X3 Pro is a sleek, powerful phone with an unusual design and some unique features to match. It's also an important device for Apple, 
which recently overtook Huawei in the Chinese smartphone market and will be looking to capitalize on its rival's troubles this year. The Find X3 Pro's most arresting visual element is its camera bump, which almost looks organic in the way it seamlessly rises from the same piece of glass as the rest of the phone's back panel. And if you're wondering, are you recording this like as a video? Yep, I am. Um, but you have to be a supporter of the show in order to watch the video um, or, or have some other medium to be able to find it and watch the show. Patreon.com forward slash tech news gadget where you can get some more details on that. Combined with the finish, which on the person reviewing this unit is aggressively shiny and glossy, the phone sort of looks like it was forged out of Terminator 2 style liquid metal. It's, it's kind of interesting. The camera system itself is... N- no less unusual is a primary camera and an ultra wide that use both 50 megapixel uh, sensors, meaning the image quality should be comparable across both. Though we'll have to see how that bears out in practice. There's also a three megapixel micro lens, which shouldn't be mistaken for the useless macro cameras found in some phones today. Oppo claims up to 60x magnification, and it's more like a microscope than a macro lens. You can take pictures of things like subpixel layouts on screens and even a ring light to illuminate the subject. Not sure if this will be a selling point for many people, but in early testing, the author can confirm it's pretty cool. Here's a quick shot of their computer monitor, and you look at it and you go, oh, my eyes. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at it going, ow. You'll notice that the whole shot isn't quite in focus, and that's because depth of field is extremely shallow when shooting this close, and you have to get within millimeters. They probably needed to practice more using a micro lens, but their first impression is that it might be more useful for looking at things in real time than capturing them for sharing. One notable omission is a periscope, periscope whoops, zoom lens, even though Oppo did more than anyone to popularize the technology. There's a telephoto lens here, but it's just a 13 megapixel sensor with 2x optical zoom or the primary camera. Not necessarily a downgrade since it would, uh, well, it could rather improve image quality at mid-range shooting distances, but it does mean the Find X3 Pro won't have anywhere near as much zoom reach as its 5x telephoto equipped predecessor. Um, So then in terms of other data, Snapdragon 888 processor, 12 gigs of RAM, 250 gigs of storage, a 4500mAh battery fast charged at up to 65 watts. Um, And as for pricing or lease details, none yet, but Apple plans to announce that next week. So there you have it. And with that, that wraps up this episode of the Lace and Tech News. Thanks for tuning in. Lace and Tech News can be found on every major platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else podcasts are found. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know by leaving a review and sharing this episode with a friend. Also, double check that you're subscribed and following the show so that you don't miss the next episode. I'm your host, Taylor American. Remember, for the Lace and Tech, Gadget, and Gaming News, visit technewsgadget.net. Pretty much keeping on some guys, and I'll see you on the flip side.